Welcome to For What It's Worth. Wait, wait, we're doing this thing? Introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. I just want you to know that you're all perverts. I don't know what I'm doing here. This is a public service announcement. Be sure to wash down there. Otherwise, your feet will stink like rue. I'm an innocent fox here. But not Tugs. He smells like clouds. Because Care Bears. Or is it Care Puppy Bears? Actually, you guys are spreading live. Oh. Woo! So we are Where? live. So, I want to see you fix this because. You know, Tugs. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I, and this is a really, really terrible opening, but I'm going to start this way. Do you want to do take two? I No, no. This is not a take two. We're just <laughs> flying with this. You All ready? Right. You Go ready? I want to know about the Care Bear Cousins and your feelings about the Care Bear Cousins. This has been talked about a hundred times. No, we, we have not talked about the Care They're Bear cash Cousins grabs. here. They are total cash grabs. American Greetings said they were cash grabs. I don't like them. <sighs> uh, people go, you're a cousin. No, no. See... But aren't you a cousin? No, because through the evolutionary chain of how I got here, no. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, no, so no, see, here's the thing. So uh, the cousins, like, I thought they were kind of neat. But here's here's my problem with them. Number one, the cartoon itself overused Braveheart Lion a lot. Like, like he was kind of funny, but then it was like the Braveheart Lion show forever. And it did. It, uh, it became okay, that way. But like, I I would like to have other things for dinner other than Braveheart Lion cartoon. And the other thing is like everybody goes insane for Brightheart, which again it's cool. He's a neat character, but he's not the only character. So it was either it was either Braveheart or Brightheart. I'll try saying that three times fast. And uh, like, so it would be like for you. It would be like in My Little Pony. Whoever's a brony that's listening to this show. Um, and all of a sudden, they they had different random like four legged creatures that had a cutie mark on it. Like so, it yeah. had they're like for instance, all of a sudden they had the what what's the Lion King spinoff thing? Lion Guard. Lion Guard characters that all of a sudden was showing up in Ponyville. Yeah, kind of. That's that's how the cousins are to you, huh? Kind of, um, but it was so obvious. It was so obvious that they were a cash grab, though, you know? You know, I don't think not... Anyways, this is a subject for another time. I think that we need to get back to the, the important things. Yeah, like that's introducing a, yourself? Oh, yes. <laughs> Hi, my name is Rue. And I'm, what is your name? I'm Tugs. <laughs> and today's episode is about con parties. We're sorry it's taken so long to get this one out. This episode topic, I don't, every now and then we run into one that, for some reason, it just doesn't want to record and that means life's happening or whatever i've had people dying i don't so there's always people dying it's never like i just had a really bad gassy day it's like people die <laughs> well this is how dedicated we are well and my mom has some sort of superstition where if somebody dies that people die in threes well yeah right um like you've had a death in your family i had a, a death in my furry family like uh so you know let's let's get all the the bad stuff out of the way if you don't know and a lot of you probably don't back when i was brand new in the fandom and i had just i was getting my eyes licked by mama cat you're a wee little lad yeah um there was a friend who helped me really get comfortable and it was like at my one of the few acs i went to his name was pander and he was found, uh, he had passed away about t- almost two weeks ago, I think now. Uh, he, he passed away from a diabetic coma, it looks like. 
and that hit me really hard and it kind of took me out of you know we have to be in a good mood to record like we, we don't want to record when we're grumpy um it, you can tell and that was really hard and i was like oh, my friend died like i he was just one of those formative people and it hit harder than i thought so that was really hard and uh so i know he's probably listening on uh, itunes clouds so uh just uh hope you're doing all right where you're at now and that you're not fighting your your diabetes anymore Hmm. Yep. that's a big damper to start the show um that's why we did it first yeah well my my um boyfriend had his grandmother you know what i'm just gonna call him my second now yes just because then then that way you can't um correct me or anything like that uh so um kura ended up deciding uh, well, not deciding. Sorry, his grandmother passed away. <laughs> he and his grandma decided. <sighs> That's a terrible way to put it. But yeah, his grandma passed. Well, and he's just struggling and having a really hard time because, I mean, he hasn't had anybody that's died since, you know, he was 10. And so, therefore, he's he's being asked to be the pallbearer. And that's just really... That's an honor. It's it's an honor, but he's just, he's just he doesn't know how to handle it. It's going to be really hard. Life, life comes in phases, right? So, you you you're young. You're making all your friends. Hopefully, a few of them stick around through life. You you turn eighteen. You graduate to being a young adult. You know you start exercising, flexing your adult muscles. Uh, then you hit this point, and, and I'm saying this mostly because I know we have a, a younger audience. You hit this point where like your friends start getting married. And I'm learning now that there's this next phase where people start dying. Like, like these phases are all happening. Like, these events happen. But, like, the majority of the people you know are going to experience this together. Like, it happens more frequently. But yeah. Now I'm getting to the point where, like, people I know and are friends with, some of them die. I'm, and I'm not. I don't like this phase at all. <laughs> Please stop dying. Everyone stop dying. Well, Everyone who I care about stopped dying. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But I think everyone could say that. Everyone truly, like, you can only care about the things you know about. It's not me saying people don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like, I don't know who Joe Schmo on on Maple Street in whatever town. No, one, I don't know him. How can I personally have a vested interest in him? You, you can't. Yeah. So, um, well, unfortunately, we, we can't have that you know, that extension of feeling to everybody. But I mean, definitely, I mean, uh, the other day I had a individual that told me that their, um, that uh, their parent, I mean, not parent, their sister ended up passing away oh. and, um, they, they passed away because, because they were in Iraq or the the country. Yeah. They were out they of the were country the serving. Yeah. And they, they were away. at the war. Look at us talking. At the war. At the war. Ah, Who the hell? So what else have you been up to? Let's turn to more positive things than death. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of things I could say. Usually we talk about video games. So I will just briefly touch on uh, I've been enjoying ARMS. I've been enjoying brand new Splatoon. Now, uh, that's all I'm going to say for Skylo's sake. You're welcome. I will touch on something cool, which I kind of shared in the chat, which is The Void. And I, because I don't think I've we've recorded since I went to the void, right? No. So the void is you can look it up on YouTube, and what it is is it's virtual reality. But what they do is they take a physical room with furniture or whatever that's arranged, and then they map virtual reality onto it. And you're wearing, uh, you know, the virtual reality headset. You're wearing a vest with a. There's actually a computer in the back, but you don't really know that. Um, and it has like force feedback, and you're holding a gun, and um, not a real gun, but like a, a prop, and 
they they got a license after developing this technology from Sony, and they opened a Ghostbusters exhibit at Madame Tussauds in New York. The company is based here in Utah, and they got the okay to do a limited run of the Ghostbusters experience at their at their headquarters. And I I got tickets to go and do it, and it was amazing, like incredible. If if VR was like that in my house right now everything else would be blown away but it was so cool like we were we because like we would talk and it would come through your headset you have like uh headphones and it would like go the like radio voice Mm -hmm. and like we go in an elevator and like the floor is vibrating and we went out on this rigging and like you could reach out and grab the railing and the rigging shaking and i thought we were gonna fall and stuff it was crazy (laughs) and like you they have smell stuff so like when the stay puffed marshmallow guy shows up it smells like marshmallows that's and, awesome. And like when you get hit by ghosts and stuff like that pack will like the vest will like vibrate where you get hit and stuff. So but you didn't get like wet or anything. No, a little like bit that. wet. Oh, you did get wet? Uh, not like not like Splash Mountain. I mean, yeah, no one gets wet on Splash Mountain. But like you know what I'm saying? Like it was just like like a spritz, like a mist. So you, if you get slimed, you get slimed. Not like slime slimed, but you get like spritz. Slimed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough to convey. That you're getting slapped. It was really cool. That's cool. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds intriguing. When am I going to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, you better hurry. Uh, they're going to build a center, like an actual like entertainment center out here. And they've got one in California and one in Toronto. And they're building one in Dubai because Dubai has everything. Uh, and I, I wish I owned stock in the company. It was really cool. So if you guys have the ability to go, it's like 10, 15 minutes. I walked out of there going, oh, my God, that's like a completely new experience. I have no regrets. There's even achievements. You can look at your achievements at the end. So, really? Yeah. It was awesome. And the floor falls out from under you at some point. So you're like backing up because you don't want to fall off, you know? Yeah. It was really cool. So what have you been up to? Uh, I have been playing lots. Of, well, I got a brand new computer. Whoa. Yeah. I'm in debt. We'll talk more about that and housekeeping, right? Yep. Yep. We'll be talking about that. And... Um, yeah, I've just been playing, um, lots of little games, playing, um, the new Splatoon that came out and also playing, um, uh, the hard mode on Zelda. He actually gets a big old erection and that's how he's controlling Link. Yeah. (laughs) No! (laughs) That's a terrible Link impression. That was terrible. (laughs) Can you imagine being the voice actor for Link? Just scream. Just scream into this microphone. That's scream. all we want. Okay, now I need you to scream like you've just been hit in the face with a rock. Like Scraw. <laughs> now you know what's funny is if you have you ever watched the Mortal Kombat videos where the where the fighting voice actors are doing their things? I haven't. They are so funny. And I imagine it's kinda of like that for Link. Oh, 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 it's come back to me now. Yes, I have seen that one. It yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's way, way funny. Way funny. You got uh, anything else to share? No, that's it. That's it. Pretty simple, pretty sweet. Okay. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. You know. You were ready. I was impressed. I was ready. But I, it's 
these cookies are getting stale. You know that, right? Well, it was cheaper to order two boxes than one. I was I was channeling you when I ordered them. I'll order one box. <laughs> Just break them open. Oh, man. Do you need me to read this? Can you not read it? <laughs> no, I can't read it. Okay, he ain't kidding. This is great. This is what it is. You will start a shitty podcast in bed with a cookie. That's that. That's pretty good. I don't even know what to say to that. It's almost like they knew that we were going to use it. I wonder cookie in the podcast. I wonder if someone at Cards Against Humanity listens to our show now. Like, I kind of wonder. <laughs> but how would they have known? I don't know. If if you if you're on the cast if you're on the cast if you're at the company that makes Cards Against Humanity, let me know. I didn't actually say the name of the episode. Uh, the name of this episode is P-A-T-T. Just so everyone knows, because we should do that. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, I'm not going to ever explain to you the titles of these episodes. You've just got to figure it out. You'll figure it out when you hear the, the finished episode. You would have to hear the other stuff that's going on right now that everyone else can hear. And they'd be like, oh, you just can't hear it. Okay. Yeah. So listen to the f- release tomorrow, and it'll be good. So, yeah, we are talking about con parties this episode. Now, like we said, this has been a hard episode for us for whatever reason to get together. We don't have a guest, so you're just going to listen to the lost episode. I mean, party. <laughs> lost <time>. episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh. it's, it's going to be just us, but we'll do our best. Uh, we both are. I, well, I like to party a lot at con. I don't know if you're as much of a partier at cons as I am, but I think that we can both agree that parties are like a definitive part of the con experience for a lot of people. Boozy talked about his parties. I, uh, people are, I'm well known for hosting a party. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we just arranged for the next one. So, but how, how, how does your party experience? Do you go to parties a lot? Are you, so, are you not a big party? You know, I, I'm not a big partier, but I have been to a few of them. Usually what ends up happening is you have, um, the individual has pushed all of their, furniture over into a corner um, Uh and made it so that there's a lot more room for people to be able to stand around, chat, different things like that. Um, And and sometimes their theme has some, I mean, sorry, their party has some sort of a theme. So like, for instance, uh, we, I went to a party where it was purely come and have breakfast and watch the Lion King. I thought you were going to say the party theme was periods and I was about ready to leave. I was going to mic drop and leave. Thank you for not going to a period party. First emails from Fido. <laughs> he says, what's up, guys? It's the old dog Fido. I've been to my share of room parties at cons, furry fiesta specifically. And it's always been the official ones that are announced to the public. As far as private room parties go, I've never been to one, but I believe it comes down to a matter of trust. People get invited to private parties either because those hosting trust the ones invited or on rare occasions give more well-known people like guests of honor a place to relax without being bothered. Personally, I prefer official parties because I'm paranoid about someone trying to do something I don't approve of. And let's face it, while drinking in suit is fun... Or wait, let's face it, drinking while in suit is fun. Ha! Any whore, thanks for reading 
Fido. Well, con parties are known to, to be the place where all the action happens. What is the action? Well, it can be anything. It could be sexual. It could be... Whoa. <laughs> well, it could. There's definitely loads and loads of kink parties that happen at conventions. So, so let's talk about the open parties. The, the party floor concept is something that... This, the concept of a party is not unique to conventions. The concept of a party floor is less so. And those of you who haven't gone to FC, the there's a dedicated floor in the Marriott where they're currently at. That has a whole bunch of plastic. It, yeah, they put plastic down to protect the carpet. The children! Uh, there's no children. And then the rooms are part of... They contract that as part of the convention space. There's a specific set of rules. And... Those rooms must be open Friday night and Saturday night with ID checks, etc. And you go party hopping from room to room, and they have all kinds of themes. What kinds of parties have you been to there? Um, like I said, I've been to a Lion King one. But that was in the morning. Let's talk about the night parties. Oh, well, um, at the FC floor, um, I went to the BLFC um, party that they had. <laughs> I went to the BLFC at FC party. Yeah, yeah, basically. They were promoting uh, yeah. BLFC. That's when BLFC was just barely starting, and they were trying to, you know, get people to to learn about their convention and, and have them go out. So you know, what, what have you experienced? Uh, well, I've hosted on the party floor. We've heard that story. Uh, if you remember earlier in the season, there was the story of Scritch's pants. That was on the party floor. <laughs> uh, I have gone to uh, the Babscom party was last year. I'm going backward in time here. Uh, you know what? The one I missed and I haven't seen for a while is the Communist Party, which is great because it's a play on words. But like they they they're passing around heads of cabbage and drinking vodka and playing like old Soviet music. It's really funny and like, like cabbage potato comrade. Like when you go in there. It's, <laughs> And they're all wearing, you know, and I, I'm curious because I know we have listeners uh, from the former Soviet Union areas. If that's funny to you or not, I actually do want to know. It it is it is quite the parody though. It was great. The Klingon party. Uh, that's what I was going to mention. It's the Klingon party. They they're always at FC. Yes. Yeah, so the so the Bay Area where FC is, they have Klingons, a group of people who dress up and cosplay as Klingons, and they don't break character for anything. And conveniently, they go to BabsCon as well, which I like because that way it's like, ah, oh, normal things. Like, I'm used to these things. And they serve the strongest drinks ever, right? And yeah, yeah and they don't mess with Klingons. That's, all you, that's what you got to know. You go up to the counter and you're like, um, they will kick you to the back of the line. Don't, don't fuck around with them. Know what you want. Follow the rules. Yeah. And then they have a. Just be very. Yeah, yeah. They have Watcher uh, also contributed drink at FC. He always makes a special drink. So there's been like a, a green tea Midori-ish drink. <gasps> that sounds oh, amazing. Yeah, very very good stuff. Oh man, I you just, know I love that part. So you've gone to an underwear party? Yeah, I've gone to an underwear party. But was before. that on the open floor? Uh no, it was a it was a closed party. But it was um is with some. Oh, I know a party. What? There was a Harry Potter party. There was. Yeah, yeah. It um, it was. I think it was on the party floor one year, and then it became private. But they had um, like those electric candles, like not like the ones in the cup, but like the candlesticks. They're they're really they're they're like cheap ones that look like they go on a chandelier. They were all um, hanging from the ceiling, and, like it was supposed to be the great hall. They had like all the different <laughs> brews. 
and I got my own house. Did, did they have the sorting hat as well? They they had a equivalent, and people got sorted into houses. So like, like to keep traffic control, they would only let certain houses in at certain times, right? Ah. I got to be my own house. I am special, so I'm the only member of my house. I'm in the secret fifth house. I'm in the house of Bolt. The house of Bolt. Yep. I don't think that they um they had the house. It of is Bolt sanctioned. It was a secret. It's a secret society. <laughs> yeah, of one <laughs> society of one. There's other parties. So I, uh, I've been so, on on the party floor, right? Yeah. And um, I got into Penthouse Magazine for being on the party floor. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was a long time ago, and there was all this drama that was involved around yeah, that. Actually, Tell us about that. So Boson was a chair of FC, so that'll give you a time frame reference, and. This was the year, I think, right before or after or during. It's right around Scritch's pants time. Never say that phrase again. And there are these people that were trying to get in to the party, but they were wearing like those like Mardi Gras masks, like the little teeny ones that just cover your eyes. Mm-hmm. They had one that was like a really crappy looking pig and something else. And they wanted to get in. And and Koru was bouncing, and he was like, uh, badge? Because you have to have a comm badge that's part of comm space. And they were like, uh, 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 uh. Like, they, they tried to get past him. Anyway, Boson wound up over there. I don't remember if we summoned him, or he was the party maven. So, like, uh, there's a person who is, like, the supreme being of the floor and has authority. Mm-hmm. And he showed up, and he gave him a kick. Right out of the con. And we thought nothing of it. We're like, whatever, these people are dumb. A couple months later, someone's like, you know you're in Penthouse, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm in Penthouse. Like, I'm not going to write in and go, do Penthouse. I've, You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like a 70s thing. So I went and looked. And sure enough, they were talking about that they tried to sneak around FC and they're trying to find all the naughty things. And then they were really outraged at like, the Care Bear Party, they wouldn't let us in and a wee munchkin of a man, that's what it says, wee munchkin of a man, Uh kicked us out, which was Boson. And the only reason I remember that is because for the longest time, I had never properly thanked Boson for getting me into Penthouse Magazine with him. And he and I are working together for BabsCon. Mm -hmm. And... He's. I, I told him the story, and he he laughed his ass off. He's like, "I'm a wee munchkin of a man." I had to go find the story again, so I read it like two or three weeks ago. It was really funny. It just well, everyone's curious. And no. he didn't know about it after all that time. No, <gasps> he thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, by the way, no, I'm not a brownie. I'm just helping out a convention because they have been very nice to me. Don't get excited. So. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, the party floor is interesting. I remember that. Did you go to FC when they had the balcony? Um, no, I haven't been. Oh, the balcony. What did they do in the balcony? So the second floor of the Double Tree, where FC I think started or was grew up all for a long time, the second floor had a big community balcony. So all the rooms on this one side of the hotel shared this balcony, so you could party hop through the balcony. <sighs> It was amazing. That's awesome. It was amazing. I Probably heard the best. I heard the life. FC really, really changed after leaving. Well, it did. It did. And it's it's been like the secret sauce was always like the one hotel, the big balcony thing. And people 
it's one of those things you hear about, like, oh, FC at the Double Tree. And a big part of that was the party floor, the open parties, the fact that you could go from party to party, you know, and you didn't have to go into the hallway. You could just go through people's back door, onto the balcony, do some Colorado breathing, go back to the next party, you know, or if you didn't do Colorado breathing, just cool off because it gets hot, you yeah. know. And and now you can't. Now it's like go out into the hallway. So this hallway becomes this like super heated, crazy thing. Oh, and it makes it hard for for suitors and stuff like that as well to to be able to walk around. I've never understood they desire to suit the open party areas. Like, what possesses a fur suitor to go to a place where people will be drunk, and they put plastic on the floor to well, prevent spills? So you're risking your suit. Well, Fido just said that drunk fur suiting is amazing. You know, he likes it. So, you know. It's dangerous, though, too. It really is. It can be. And you need to know your limit. I mean, I had a conversation about this the other day is that you need to know what your limits are when you, before you get in suit. If you're going to get in suit for your very first time, you don't want to go drinking and suit for your very first time. Like, that's stupid. It is stupid. So, I mean, you know, know your limits. But. So, so we spend a lot of time talking about FC, but do other cons have open parties that you've been to? Um, you know what? I haven't seen any other open, open parties like FC does, um, but I have been to several, like every convention has private parties that are going on. That's the next segment. Don't bust us. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. Have you been to any that has had a party floor besides FC? Well, not like a party floor. The thing is, is I think the dances try to become the parties because every con has dances. But I'm not, I can't get my drink on there. Like, you know, I want to sit around. It's like, it's like a bar without all the shitty parts of a bar is almost what it's like in a way, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Like, I don't, so when I grew up and I've always remembered looking at TV or whatever, looking at watching and I'm watching people go into like these dark, dimly lit bars with like guys shooting pool and some guy with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth with a little trail and I'm just like, no, or, or it's like a super hipster bar playing like the coolest Euro, you know, music, whatever. And the drinks are $80. I just want to go and sit around with my friends and whatever we're wearing because it's a furry con and pretend to be the animals. Like, can't we do that without all the, the guy with the cigarette, the pool or the $80 drinks in the hipster bar? Like, so you just want a place to just sit around and scritch and bitch, basically. I don't want to bitch. I want to scritch. Yeah, I do talk. want to scritch, but I also want to scritch. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Have you? What's your best memory of an open party? Best memory. Mine. Mine has got to be the penthouse accident. Mine was the simple one. I mean, not simple one. Sorry, going to the Lion King um, party. Who goes to a party? Okay, first of all, can you call it a party in the morning? It was. It in, totally was. What time is it? It was okay. a brunch. Okay, so it's not like 7 a.m. pancakes. It's no. like 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm imagining. Uh, and and everybody was like in like, the, the host was like in his Lion King like onesie type thing. It was so cute. You mean pajamas? Uh, pajamas. Pajamas aren't onesies. Uh-huh. Okay, let, quick point. We're taking a brief detour. In Britain, a onesie is footed pajamas. That's what we call them in the United States. A onesie in the United States is a thing babies wear with snaps in the crotch. Well, okay. The no, no, I'm just clearing that out because we have an international whatever audience. Whatever yeah. 
the Kikugami, what it, what is it called? Kigurumi? The the ones that yeah yeah Kigus. yeah yeah that's what he was wearing. Yeah. So okay, because I've heard people like you want to have a seven a.m. thing. I'm like, who are you? Like, no one is a morning person at a fur con. There's like there's <laughs> the, a, there's the, a teeny amount. The only thing that I've ever seen that has had a big attendance at seven a.m. was um, at Rocky Mountain Fur Con, and they had church there. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, church. Yeah, they had a pasture. Uh, a pastor. A pasture. Then, yeah. All the cow furries went out and they ate some holy grass. Exactly. Uh, shut up. Exactly. No, they did. They had services at the convention. How well attended was this? Uh, was I, it in a big room or a little room? I did not go. I just peeked in, and it, it was a pretty big room, little room. Uh it was in the big room. How full was the big room? I, I don't remember. Like 50%? That was so long. I, yeah, like, about 50%. And then after that, they had to the ranting group. <laughs> so church services and then two to the ranting group. <laughs> I'm struggling with this concept very heavily right now. I want you to know. Church services at a furry con. Yeah. On Sunday. Why? Because they did. People are religious too. Not not so much in the fandom. There is some. Where's Nuka when you need him? I don't know. <laughs> I okay. I don't. I don't remember exactly. Just, how no, many my mind is blown. But, like, but I know that it was there. That's. I've never heard of such a thing. Is it because of Colorado? Is it like a because they they had like communion? Oh wait, wait, no, hold on though. Didn't that church actually have a uh, or that hotel have a church meet there anyway? Like it was a thing that wasn't it wasn't special for the con. I think that was a church that just met there. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. It was on the the actual convention pamphlet stuff. So the events. You know, the only church I'm going to at con is the Church of Saint Mattress. The Church of Saint Mattress. I love. Sleep. I am very very devout in my religion to saint mattress i know i know you are you even created a commercial for it i i think that people will hear this and go i am too if you are a devout follower of saint mattress like i am please comment in our telegram chat tweet at us just just let rue know that i am not the only person who really really gets into the spirit of worship at saint mattress all right, uh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna match I'm gonna match you. If you think that it's weird, or if you don't think that it's weird that that they have a church services on Sunday at a furry convention, is that send a, party? a message? Is that like a, a church party? Like woohoo, church Bible? Like is that <laughs> <laughs> we got communion? Uh, what? <laughs> I, oh it gosh. kind of is. It kind of is. I, I, Was it like a Southern I Baptist wish, style? I wish one? that I actually went to it because now that I think about it, I, you know, it would be fun. But Was there, were there first shooters in there? I just poked in. Can you imagine a bunch of first shooters sitting in a church? This has nothing to do with the I topic. I wonder if there was. I don't know. Can you imagine? Now let us now close your. I can't close my eyes in prayer. <laughs> I just can't. You just have to like put your paws over your eyes. No, because then you're going to get fur in your eyes. Ah, the subject has gone on too long, and we probably I like already... to touch your eyes when you're not looking.
Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. Ordinarily, this is where I give my usual, as of this date, spiel, but first, I have to mark the occasion. 48 years ago this week, Apollo 11 launched, and on July 20th, 1969, two men set foot on the moon for the first time in our history. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin touched the face of a celestial body other than the one we all have only ever known. We're trying to get back, and I have faith that we will. I simply couldn't let this episode pass without saying something about it. And with that taken care of, as of Wednesday, July 19th, here are your space headlines. Last year, Japan's Hitomi X-ray Observatory was lost due to issues with attitude control. It was a rough blow, but Japan is pushing forward. They've approved a replacement for the Hitomi, a smaller X-ray observatory called XARM, pronounced CHARM. It may not be a carbon copy of the previous version of the satellite, but, like before, JAXA is turning to NASA for specific components, and those will be identical to what JAXA flew on Hitomi. Instead of having four instruments for observing a wider range of X-ray and gamma-ray emissions, there will only be two instruments, and they'll observe lower-energy X-rays. Since NASA has spares of the instruments they gave JAXA to use on Hitomi, it means the mission will be that much less expensive. Scientists are saying CHARM could fly as early as 2021, and will help fill a gap in X-ray observation while we wait for ESA's XMM-Newton and a newer, more powerful version of their Athena probe due in the late 2020s. Combine all of these with China's new X-ray telescope, and you can expect we'll have plenty of coverage to monitor X-rays throughout the universe. At least, one of it we can see. Every planet in our solar system has been directly imaged. Correction, all the classical planets in the solar system. You know, the nine that we all learned about if you were a schoolchild before Neil deGrasse Tyson heartlessly stripped Pluto of its planetary status because it made fun of his star-themed vest. How could you, Neil? Anyway, we've got really good pictures of every one of the inner four planets, outer four planets, and Pluto, as well as a few objects that qualify as dwarf planets and a few asteroids and comets. But there are a few bodies that tend to hog all the glory. Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn seem to hold our interest more than the rest, and for good reason. But there are plenty of other mysteries to explore. ESA and JAXA are looking to go after one of the less observed worlds, Mercury. We've only sent two probes to have a look, Mariner 10 back in the 70s, and Messenger, which ended its mission just a few years ago. And Mariner 10 didn't even enter orbit, it just didn't have the thrust. So it orbited the Sun and passed by Mercury a few times. Messenger entered orbit, and even ended its mission when its orbit decayed and crashed into the surface. Now, a new probe called BepiColombo is being tested and verified. In fact, it recently completed a thermal test to make sure it could withstand 10 times the solar radiation we get here on Earth. I don't know too much about this probe, but you can bet I'm going to read up on it. It's supposed to launch in October of 2018. For more, check out Committed to Launch at the end of the month of July. India still holds the record for most satellites launched on a single rocket, a staggering 104. But Russia certainly is no slouch. Recently, they launched a Soyuz 2.1A carrying an amazing 73 satellites on board. One, the main payload, was a large Earth-observing satellite for Roscosmos, designed to, among other things, monitor wildfires. The rest were cube and nanosats for a wide array of companies, organizations, and nations. It was a complex mission, requiring multiple engine burns and course corrections to get all other payloads on their proper orbits. But the frigate upper stage performed beautifully. After it shut down just shy of nine minutes into the mission, it went on to make seven more burns to deploy in three different orbits. That's pretty significant. First off, multiple relights of an engine are tricky. 
especially in space. Second, a mission like this requires some pretty impressive planning from orbital mechanics to make sure they don't get too close to any other hardware on orbit and damage it. And then it still had to make the last burn to put the upper stage on a re-entry course so it would burn up and splash down in the Indian Ocean, rather than contribute to the growing space junk problem. I gotta say, this is really impressive, and there's so much that went into this mission that I'm just gonna have to wait until the end of the month to talk about it more. The largest storm in the solar system just got its close-up, thanks to Juno. Remember when I said that NASA didn't intend to put a visible light camera on Juno originally? And that mass outcry from the public begging them to reconsider changed their minds? Well, now we have another example as to why NASA should be putting visible light cameras on all their probes. Juno just completed its seventh perijove, that is, its seventh pass, where it's at its closest point to Jupiter in its orbit and sent back some startling images. This was the orbit that carried it over the Great Red Spot, an enormous anticyclone large enough to swallow the Earth whole. What makes it an anticyclone? Well, it's spinning the opposite direction than a storm in its place should be, and it's moving backwards against the flow of Jupiter's atmosphere. We occasionally see such things here on Earth with tornadoes and hurricanes. And this storm has been blowing for at least 200 years, possibly longer. There are multiple reports of a storm like the Great Red Spot dating back as far as the 1600s. But because there wasn't consistent observation of Jupiter in more than 100 years between that and when it was officially discovered in the 1800s, we can't really be sure if it's the same storm. What we do know is that the Great Red Spot is shrinking. Just a few decades ago, it was large enough to be roughly three times the size of Earth. Today, though, it's only about 1.3 times the size of Earth. That's still pretty massive. And the images are incredible and mesmerizing. And even more so when you learn how the Juno Cam, the instrument that captures visible light, actually does what it does. More on that at the end of July. I received a tweet not long ago from at CrisisAngelWolf, passing on a question from his mother, wondering where comets come from. I'll give the short answer here, then get into the longer explanation at the end of July. Comets are leftover bits of rock covered in ice that didn't get gobbled up by the sun or the planets during the formation of the solar system. Depending on what kind of comet you're talking about, it can come from a few different places, though usually they come from two main sources, the Kuiper Belt, which is out where Pluto is, and the Oort Cloud, which is a spherical region that sort of functions as the border between what's in the solar system and what isn't. Both have countless objects that can become comets but they're incredibly far apart from one another, and one can only become a comet if its orbit brings it close enough to the sun, close enough for the ice to heat up and boil off, creating the coma and tail we're used to seeing. There's a lot more to comets than this, and they're pretty fascinating objects. I'll explain more in the next episode of Committed to Launch. That's all this time. For more on space and space-related matters, check out the social media for all the agencies and companies mentioned. And don't forget to check out my long-form podcast, Committed to Launch, at committedtolaunch.com, and at launchcommit on Twitter. If you've got a question about space, send it on in. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. Ciao Roici, Tags, Dottor Nuca e tutti gli ascoltatori furri del vostro podcast. Mi chiamo Joy e con me c'è il mio ragazzo Drachetto. Vi facciamo un saluto dall'Italia. 3, 2, 1, for what is this world?
Fifty Sheds of Grey, the furry edition, is brought to you by Polish Spring Water. Yeah, why not? It really comes from Poland. There's gotta be... No. Calm it down over there, there, Mr. Trump. All right, calm it down. Okay. I have never seen this before. This is just like going to watch the Oscars here. Somewhere at Deloitte and Touche, somebody has... I said Touche. <laughs> has sealed this in an envelope. You handed it to me. I'm not even looking at it yet. We're going to randomly read. <laughs> the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. Why not? You know, it's like, all right, he's had a lot of gin. And he's seeing angels, and he's happy. He got, when he saw them, who were actually just some guy named George and Dave, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. And they said, dude, seriously, we're just trying to walk down the strip, all right? I don't know what you're on, man. I'm not an angel. This is in Sodom. And, you know, calm it the hell down. I don't need this. But he thought they said, no, they answered. We will spend the night in the square. And that seems just dumb because, you know, the Bellagio is right over there. So why would you do that? I mean, it's like 300 bucks a night normally, but if you get tickets, you can, or you go on like Groupon, you get even cheaper. He did insist so strongly that they go with him and entered his house. Wow, just random strangers. Bob and Dave showed up. He made him a meal, baked bread without yeast, apparently, because I, sure, why not? And they ate, and before they'd all gone to bed together, the uh, men from every part of the house of the city of Sodom, young and old, surrounded the house and said, can we get some too? Bring them out so we can have sex with them. This actually is part of the Bible. It's kind of creepy. Which Bible did you get this out of anyways? This isn't Fifty Sheds of Grey. What the... I, Roichi, Tags, Dr. Nuka, and all fellow listeners, fuels of the post podcast. I'm Joy, and this is my boyfriend, Drakito. We want to say greetings from Italy. Three, two, one. For, For what, what is worth? All right, and welcome back. Yay! I hope that you had a fun potty break. That wasn't potty break. No. Potty br that was just space news and stuff. Yeah, space news and an ident. Tell us about the ident. Um, let's see. I, I'm sorry if I butcher your name. I've been talking to you a little bit on Telegram. <gasps> Giuseppe? Good good shot. And his boyfriend. Yes. Thanks for your ident. It was cool. Actually, I thought it was really neat. Yes, from France, right? France! <laughs> Wow! Just kidding, Ew. Italy. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Today's episode of For What It's Worth is brought to you by our Patreon patrons. They're wonderful people. You should get to know them sometime. They're in our Telegram chat. Today's episode, 
We have sold out to Fido. Fido, when you need it fast, call Fido, because Oaken's not in there anymore. Also, how come he gets a free mention? Also, what? Doritos Locos? Thank you. I was trying to come up with... I had a really good one for him this week when I was driving, and I stu- I didn't write it down because I was driving. So, yes, thank you, Docos, the Doritos Locos Taco, from your local Taco Bell if you're in the United States. But if you're in the Dominican Republic or Canada, you get fries instead of Doritos Locos from Docos. If you want to help out for what it's worth and pay our bills because we can't, or just because you want to, Go to patreon.com slash fwiw and support the show today. Who knows? You might wind up on the air. You do so well at that. You know that? That's like my, my natural voice. Like, like if you want to support today, go to Grizzco and do the salmon run. Grizzco. <laughs> my corporate show game is on. <sighs> That's true. You could do it. Have you ever thought about doing voice acting? You could. You I've could, thought of it. You could talk about dish soap. <laughs> Ruse dish soap. When you need to make sure that your plates are sparkling clean, use Ruse dish soap. Just one spoon an evening in your dishwasher will make sure your plates are the best. <laughs> I'm just winging it. Like, if I had a script, I could probably do better. Oh. For what it's worth, full of mental idiots. Full of mental. <laughs> we are not mental. And we're not idiots. We no. may be mental. But we're not idiots. <laughs> Go back to the topic. Okay, so the topic is today about um, con parties. Yes, con parties. And what do we do at con parties? So we have another email here from Hachi. Yes, we do. But I think I forgot to put this in the notes. Oh, I'm going to double, maybe double up. We're going to jump back and read Coddle's email. Hey, Coddle. He says, hello, for what it's worth. Coddle here. I've been... A few cons, I think he meant uh, two a few cons, in the f- last couple years, and the room party was something I avoided for some time. I'm a rather social person, though even that I tend towards more introvert than extrovert, and parties, while I can go to with little issue, are something that drains my batteries, as it were. I feel your pain. Thus, in my vacation time at cons, I tend to skip room parties and opted instead to spend my time with the people who I went to the con to see as opposed to strangers. Still, in recent months, I've been to two room parties, and I have to say their benefits there are most certainly present. While hanging out with old friends is one of the greatest benefits to a con, meeting new people can also be a huge part of the fun. I think that the room party is an integral part of the social ecosystem. Usually, room parties have some theme, connecting all the people who go there, so it's a great way to meet people who share your interest, whom you might not have otherwise encountered. I myself met a lovely couple at a room party at TFF this year, and we have a lot in common and have been chatting on Telegram ever since. I'm imagining him giggling right after that. It's a good thing to keep in mind that if you are one to avoid room parties, that's also fine, but there's no harm in trying something new, particularly in the open and accepting nature of the fandom. Just don't try anything too new without at least one friend to have your back or stop you. Just saying. Hoping the cast, crew, and guesties are well. Coddle. Thank you, Coddle. I appreciate you sending that in to us. So what's your comment? I mean, what's your feelings about the email? He's right. There. Uh, so there's. We've talked about public parties, and then there's the 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 second echelon, the private parties, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, "How do I get into private parties? What are private parties about?" Well, the thing about it is, it's private, right? What? It's private. Well, yeah, but there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason. So. Private parties can be a lot of things. Sometimes it's just a bunch of people playing cards against humanity or whatever, right? 
and sometimes it's different. But I think part of the thing is that not everyone wants to have their room open because your pants get stolen, right? Yeah, and and not everybody trusts everybody. I mean... You don't know. That's why you go to a convention is you go to a... Yes, to get your pants stolen, but... um, Especially if you're scritch. (laughs) You go to a convention um, to get to know people, and that's how you're able to get invited to things. And you know what? Your first convention, don't expect that you're going to be drug off into somebody's room to some sort of sexy kink party or or even a party at all. There's times that you might not even hear about a party and you just have to go and um you know go with the flow. So so I will say the secret to getting into the secret party circuit or the closed party circuit it's really just make friends, say hi to people and be cool. Now, be cool means a lot of things, but what that means is don't be annoying. Don't be desperate. Everyone knows when you're desperate, when you're being creepy, you know, you can be excited. Don't go, hey, buddy, do you know where the secret parties are? It's not going to work. <laughs> Just be friends and eventually the secret parties will come to you, right? That's fair. Because what what usually ends up happening is your friend will be going to one and go, they'll go, hey, can I bring my new friend along? And that's usually how it happens, right? Um, I another key is to not self invite yourself. If you know right. about a party, don't self invite yourself to and it. I know people who do this. Yes, they do all the time, and they they hear like somebody saying something about a party, and then they automatically think, well, because they know, you know, they know you, that it's an automatic gateway into that particular party. Right. So there's all kinds of these of these private parties. So, and like I said, some of them are very basic. Some of them are just going to have a couple drinks, going to play some cards against humanity, maybe some poker, right? That's pretty basic. And I, you know what? I know those parties have their place. I've gone to a couple. When I know what else is out there for me, and this is just my personal opinion, they're kind of boring. <laughs> I want to go to parties where there's like some music at least. You know, set the. I, I like I like to go because the thing is, is, I can sit at home and drink a beer or whatever and play poker. Mm-hmm. To have like a little music, there, there, it's like it's it's a performance almost in a way, right? Like having a little music, maybe a, a a TV playing something, and then you're talking with people and socializing. That's that's what I want. That's that's not even that hard to do for a basic party. Some people want to play poker. That's fine. You know, I, I have a little thing that, that I find is weird. And maybe maybe you could help me understand it. But I, when I go to a party and I see a whole bunch of convention videos from other conventions. Yeah. Not that I have any problem with, you know, watching these other videos. But it's like I'm at a convention right now. Why am I, you know, looking and living through other people at having fun at other conventions, why aren't we like focusing on us yeah. and, and making it so that we're having fun instead of watching people at a convention while you're at a convention? It just doesn't make sense stri- to me. It strikes me like two things I've, I've seen. It's like when people get high and talk about other times they got high. Like it's a thing. Like they, they go, they, they do Colorado breathing or whatever, and they go, oh, you remember that time we got high? Like that's a thing. And it's it's so silly. Like, why? I I have gone to a room party before, and it's like no nobody wants to fucking see your slideshows. They don't. <laughs> they don't want to see your trip to 
New Mexico when you had your suit on or something. They want to just come and enjoy and be in the I moment. Know, that's a fair statement. And, and you know what? what? It's what cool. If it's, what if it is the ice went for suiting? Here's my slideshow party. What if you advertise that as your party? Nobody would show up. <laughs> That's the truth. What, but no, because there are some people who are like, I'm going to be the first first suitor to go to the top of Mount Everest. And like, they're all in this pissing contest with each other. Okay, okay. So you talk about it. Okay. And then, hey, I have a picture of it. Would you like to see? And, <laughs> and then, then they pull out the projector with the carousel. <laughs> uh. I get what you're saying, though. Like, it can be really bad. I think that when it comes to conventions, just just make sure that um, when you're hosting a party yourself, that you you remember that you are a host. That's the important thing. You're a host, yes. and you're inviting people to come have fun in your room. So understand that you have to play host, and instead, people aren't just coming just to, you know, right. So I don't know. No, no, you're dead on. And that's one of the things is like, like I, I do parties and we have to make sure someone is reasonably able to call, flare, security, whatever. You have to have someone on duty. They can probably be altered a little bit given the environment and the convention being what it is. But you don't have everyone who's in that room get toasted out of their mind. <laughs> so... Um, what else, what, what other kinds of like second level, there's like all these levels that we're making up. Um, see you, so slideshow, some light, light music. Um, um, there's artist parties where they just sit around and draw. Yeah. I've seen those. Uh, there's also switch parties and like, like, like here's my switch blade. Whoops. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Um, I have no money. <laughs> well, you know, people go and play video games in people's rooms. I mean, I know that that sounds boring. I mean, there's also people that have room parties where people come up and play Veronicon. That's a, yeah. There's a lot of gaming. Um, yeah, there's also parties where people come up and play sex. Oh, yeah. They play sex or they have sex. Well, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, and, and those there, there are definitely kink parties that. And let's just put it right on the table. There's mersuit parties. There are pup parties. Pup parties. Bondage. Potty parties. There's potty parties. <laughs> like I'm imagining a room now with toilets. Everyone's just sitting around holding hands and getting uh, blumpkins or something. <laughs> they're holding hands as they're using the toilet. At the <laughs> this party is sponsored by American Standard. They're all eating salad and laughing into it while they're sitting on toilets. We don't have to wash our hands because we're touching each other's hands. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and there's a TV in the middle playing, like, quaint, like, British comedies. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody, like, shakes each other afterwards. So. Shakes? Yeah, you help your friend out, you know? That's... Oh, and then they have like a designated wiper. This is, yeah. This is a terrible party. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> that we, I am so sorry that we have to, half the people just turn this off. Like, nope. No. Potty. Where did you come up with that? A, a golden shower party. That's, oh, that's not a potty party. That's a golden shower party. <laughs> 
We're having <laughs> a PP. I was trying to make it this little casual thing, and you made it like this great big. Hu- well, actually, I did too, but this really big thing. <laughs> <sighs> so, anyways, what kinky parties have you been to, Tugs? Uh, I've hosted several. Yeah. I've walked into several that have hosted themselves in my room. And <laughs> there is a so, difference. So I, I do have a question to that. What do you do? What do you mean? What do you do? What do you say? So people are going at it and. Uh, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Ladies and gentlemen, when people are having sex at a party or together, it's not a library. Make some noise. It's okay. I don't get this. This whole, I'm not going to make any noise. It's weird thing. Like, get into it and just let it go. At this point, you're both <laughs> naked. Someone is balls deep in someone else, or I don't know let what the equivalent go. is for ladies, but that. And just go with it. Just, there's, what is going to go wrong at this point? Like, if they say no, that's it. Other than that, everyone's vulnerable. Be vulnerable together and make it work. See, and that wasn't my question. <laughs> But but the thing is, no, because at these orgies that I have may or may not have been to, um, it's like all you hear is just like soft slapping and breathing. And I'm like, really? This is boring. I'm leaving. And I leave. (laughs) How is that? Like, no, get into it or get me a red velvet armchair in a dark corner. But either one of those has to happen. Oh, man. (laughs) Furry parties or these kink parties and having it being like a library. And when I say I've hosted orgies, by the way, I didn't participate because, again, someone has to be able to handle an emergency, right? And yep. if everybody's naked, nobody's handling an emergency. Well, and what happens for a latecomer that comes and knocks on the door and wants to come join and the person's nude, you answer the door and it's the maid instead. Anywho. What were you getting at? Oh, what I was getting at is, okay, so your con roommates decide that they're going to get jiggy with it. And, you know. Oh. They don't They don't put the sign out on. That's not a party, though. That's well, just, it's not. I guess it's just random. Uh, you, you brought it up, so that's why. I, was, I like being anal. No. <laughs> <sighs> Never mind. Don't answer my question. Why? You answered your question. Whatever. So, what other kinds of parties are there besides the naughty ones? They're well, the, they're the there's the knitting parties. Knitting? Yeah, where you go up and knit. Shut up! There's no such knitting. <laughs> Someone's going to host a knitting party now. Yeah, and invite probably us. boozy. Could you, I could see boozy? Well, boozy had his um like that harp player at his party or whatever. What? What the hell? I really want a heart player in my room at a party. I want this. Uh, so, um, I don't know. Any any other parties that you've been to that aren't sexual, that are kink? Well, I mean, I host my own, right? So we have the blanket for it. I'm not going to get into it too much, but it we do it invite only. But here's why. And this is, this is not uncommon. And this is something I think is important to hit on is a lot of parties are invite only for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's they want to make sure they know everybody in the room. I mean, you're going into someone's room. They have shit that has value and they don't want to just let every Joe in the room and like it walks off. Right. Think of another thing. Some people take medication. Medications can be turned into meth a lot of the time. 
do you really want to let someone come in and play Breaking Bad with your psychoactive drugs? Probably not. You're not going to be able to get more. Mm-hmm. So there's things that like are in play that that people are, get butthurt about. It's like, don't take it personal if you don't get an invitation, right? If there's a mechanism put out there that says, if you want an invitation, you need to ask using this thing, and you don't ask, that's on you. And I'm saying that partially out of my own personal frustration. Sorry. Because... For instance, the blanket fort is invite only. You get an invitation through asking for one on Twitter on DM, right? Unless mm-hmm. you help set up or take down, you don't have a golden ticket. People won't ask. They think it, they're, they're either shy, they think it's an elite thing. And it's like, none of this is true. We just want to know who's coming and going. And it's also for traffic. We need, we can't, you can only put so many bodies in a room. Do you think that that's how society is today? Is Entitled? That- well, they feel like that people need to come to them because I, I honestly feel like that when whenever I need to get somebody to help me with a project or, or do something, it it seems like I have to go to I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. I, I went off topic. Never mind. No, no. Actually, I think I think you're, you're hitting on something kind of important because it's not it, this is all about parties and more, which is. Yeah, people want you to come to them and like issue a personal invitation to a party. And it's like, I care about the people that I want in that room. At a con with 5,000 people, I can't comb through all those moving, moving people to find the, the people I want to invite personally. I just can't. So I put out a thing that you that will come to your phone and say, if you'd like an invitation, push this button. And they don't push it. That's on them at that point. I can't make them drink the water. I can only lead them. All my friends are horses. <laughs> so are cons are parties at a con critical to a good con experience? You know what? I don't think that they are. Get out. Show's over. Goodbye. I don't. I don't think that they're critical for to have a good experience. Why? Because the con has a lot of different things. But, but here's where I'm going to go against what I said. Con parties tend to to make it so that you can get to know people more one-on-one. So they are helpful, but there are other areas in the convention that you can also do that as well. Yeah, but not quite so intimately. And Liquid Courage. I'm a fan of the Liquid Courage, you know. Coru, are you going to add to this? Oh, about how Here. parties are? Come yeah, here, Coru just came into the room. He was working on his car, and he has some things to say about con parties. Have a seat. Oh, no, I was just going to say that they absolutely are I- integral. Mike. Mike. I'm speaking to the mic. <laughs> They're integral. They are. They're, they absolutely are. The first con I ever went to, I didn't know anybody there, so I didn't go to any room parties, and it was boring. Yeah, there were some panels and things going on, but maybe it was just a shitty con to begin with, but yeah. It was boring because there was no parties. Once I went to FC for my first time, yeah, that was fun. Lots of parties. I told them the penthouse story. Ah, good. Yes. So there you go. That's one take. I think I think the question is probably better phrased as, is is a drinking party mandatory? No. But going and socializing one-on-one with people, you will create meaningful, lasting relationships with people. And that makes for a good con experience. That's why people go. Do you have to have a sexual party in order to have a successful con? Yes. Why? Because everyone loves sex. Everyone does love sex. I am not being serious. But that shouldn't measure. No, no. It's what I said. You, You just need to go to a party. Here's the thing. People will go to parties that align with their interests. 
then you will make good, meaningful connections with people that will last. All my friends as an adult, except for maybe a half dozen, are from parties over the years. So I have a I have a big big pet peeve that I have with with individuals. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Oh. So my big pet peeve is um, individuals that go to a convention and they don't go out. And we've already kind of talked touched on this, but don't go out to meet people. Don't go out to um, to try to go to to these parties to go to these different panels that may be going on or to go to the dances or and they just sit up in their room the whole entire time not really having a good time and then they oh, just the worst they just shit on the world and basically complain about things that are going on in their life and they don't go out and and go to the con itself and i've had this happen before and it really was a huge downer for me because it was a it was a roommate that ended up going to the convention and it really pissed me off and made it a huge downer don't go to a convention to just sit in your fucking room don't go to a convention to play second life exactly <laughs> don't here here's my philosophy a con you should go to a con to do things you can't do at home you know other than obviously the things you must do to be alive then try and do all the things that you can't do when you're at home. You can't see your local. You can't see your friends that aren't local. I used to get so much crap for that, but it's like no, I can see local friends at home. So I'm going to go hang out with my friends that aren't local. But you know, go and have a drink with your friends that aren't local. Go and try new experiences. You know, you can go and play Switch. Anytime you want. You can play Pokemon Go anytime you want. You can play Ferroticon. Well, no, you can't. <laughs> you can play Ferroticon with your friends on Friday night at home. Can you go to a party and get smashed with your friend from other city anytime you want? No. No. That's that's why. And po- con parties are part of that. You will make those meaningful connections that last. But Tugs, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody at conventions. How am I going to be able to get to know people? Well, I think it goes back to our advice about we want to make sure that you are doing this right for our part. So get to know people before you go to a con. Don't just go to a con and expect that like there's some kind of magic elf that will come up to you and go, hey, you look new here because that's not how it's going to work. You you should probably know a couple people that you're yeah, going to hang out with. The funny thing is that magical elf will probably be me because that's usually what I do. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll invite him to take a shower and and then I like being anal. Oh my and there you go, good good party. Yeah, yeah, yeah good party. Yeah. No, shut up. <laughs> well, so well, all right. Hope that's our that's our little miniature guide to con parties. They're worth it. I love them. I go for them. That's a huge part of my experience. They vary. I never know what to expect, but I enjoy them. I enjoy them as well. I think that they're great. I think that they're, um, they definitely add to the convention, and they make it so that there's some things that are happening when the, the con is, is not going on. It's true. So we are going to go take our final break. We have a little bit of mailbag and then some house creeping, so we'll be back. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is what Fifty Sheds of Grey, the furry edition, will be like 
unless you give $5 on this Patreon. I'm just saying. This is our NPR moment right here. We are having a PBS-style, you don't get a 50 Sheds of Grey until you give us money moment. It's just going to be random ringing of phones in the background that aren't actually people dialing in because who the hell calls someplace to pledge support? So you better hand over some money or otherwise the 50 Sheds gets it. What it's worth. Brought to you by the For What It's Worth brand Sensible Patriotism Manual. When your neighbor's exposing a little too much of his national pride, think for what it's worth. We all know that one guy who lives down at the end of the street. He's a little odd, a little noisy, and has a lot of dismantled cars on his lawn. He also goes a little overboard during our nation's celebration of independence. Your bushes still haven't quite bounced back from the cinching they got last year, poor things. He always gets carried away and disturbs the neighborhood pets. All that time you spent training Steve to not pee on the rug after he moved in completely wasted because of that odd fellow's love of fireworks and noisemakers. We at For What It's Worth would never dare tell someone they can't take pride in their country, or in their pants. Only that no one gets blown up in the process. Just follow the simple instructions in the For What It's Worth brand Sensible Patriotism Manual and you'll be sure to put a damper on his national spirit. Maybe even get him to put his clothes back on. Step one, call the police and tell them there's a madman with explosives. As soon as they hear the address, they'll know exactly who you're talking about and dispatch a patrolman to tell him to keep the noise down. Step two, invite your local pastor over for a lovely brunch out on the veranda. He'll see you dining with a man of the cloth, making sure he's wearing plenty himself. Step three, and this is really a measure of last resort. Summon an ancient water spirit to bring about a thorough rainstorm isolated over his property. That will keep him from being able to set off any fireworks. Just watch out for localized flash flooding. Follow these and other simple steps, and you too can have a sensible national independence celebration. The For What It's Worth brand Sensible Patriotism Manual. Now available in Spanish, Mandarin, Arabic, and Dothraki. And now for today's secret code. 11, 5, 5, 16, 20, 8, 5, 18, 15, 3, 11, 5, 20, 9, 14, 25, 15, 21, 18, 16, 1, 14, 20, 16. Wow, that was a long one. Good luck. Hello, and welcome to Get Psyched with Dr. Nuka. I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time a scientist told you something you didn't want to hear. Maybe it was the day you learned that bacon was a carcinogen, or perhaps it was when researchers talked about the link between violent video games and aggression. Do you remember what you did when you first heard the news? Did you deny the findings because they contradicted your own experience or went against what you hoped was true? 
Did you do the good skeptical thing and try to find more information from different scientists who said the opposite was true? Maybe you tried to read the study for yourself so you could poke holes in it. Because after all, if you can just show that a study has a single mistake in it, you can ignore all of its conclusions because they're wrong, right? Scientists spend a lot of time discussing, well, science. A researcher typically spends years learning how to conduct studies and becoming familiar with an area of research. They immerse themselves in the scientific literature, reading study after study to get a better understanding of what the field knows and what it doesn't know. And as you probably know, this process involves a great deal of skepticism and more than a bit of critical thinking. You learn to challenge assertions, to back up your claims with data, and to revise your theories when it turns out they're wrong. And I would strongly encourage you to employ the skepticism whenever you hear a news story making dubious or extreme claims about some new scientific finding. However, it's worth keeping in mind that unless you've put the kinds of hours that scientists have put into learning how to think critically about research, it's really easy to fall into all kinds of traps when it comes to judging just how valid a piece of research is. One of the biggest such traps is the belief that if you can find a flaw in a study, its conclusions are meaningless or wrong. Laypersons fall into this trap all the time. For example, let's go back to the video game violence literature and imagine a researcher did a simple experiment. In this experiment, they randomly assigned half the participants to play a violent game and the other half to play a racing game. Later in the study, they measure how willing the participants are to inflict pain on another person with loud blasts of noise. And they find that those in the violent game condition just give louder blasts of noise. The researchers conclude, based on this, that violent games may play a causal role in aggressive behavior. But wait, I can almost hear you shouting. There are so many problems with that study. The noise blast task, can we really call that aggression? I mean, maybe participants who played violent games just really like making loud noises. Or maybe it has to do with competition. Maybe the violent game is just more competitive than the racing game, and so it's competition and not violent content that causes aggression. Or hey, the researchers, they only looked at one violent game, right? Not all of them. And they only looked at college students. They didn't measure thousands and thousands of gamers in their little experiment. That's at least three or four flaws in the study, so clearly it's imperfect. That means we can just ignore it, right? Well, not quite. The problem with this line of thinking is that it becomes a game of find a flaw so we can ignore the study. This thinking, however, overlooks a very important point when it comes to research. There are no perfect studies, period. Whether we're talking about psychology or biology or physics, the reality is there's no such thing as a study without flaws. In fact, it's this way almost by design. Every study ultimately involves making trade-offs. Psychologists have to design studies around these trade-offs all the time. If you do a study in the laboratory, you make it more artificial and less applicable to the real world. But if you do it in the real world, you add more noise to your data and make it harder to find an effect without it being contaminated by outside forces. If you measure people's attitudes by asking them, how do you feel? You run the risk of people lying or saying what they think you want them to say. But if you measure their attitudes in a more subtle way, based on reaction times or their automatic behavior, you're forced to infer their attitudes indirectly, which can cause other problems. If you use surveys, you can get a much larger sample size than you can with an experiment, but then you no longer can make causal arguments based on your data. If you run experiments, you can make causal arguments, but your sample size will almost certainly be limited to those who live in the area and those who can take time out of their day to travel to your laboratory. 
This isn't mentioning the cost of research assistance and lab space either. Problems like these are familiar to any good scientist who's ever designed a study. No matter how much care and how many resources you put into a study, it will always have limitations and drawbacks. And yet, even though every study ever conducted has problems and limitations, scientists haven't thrown in the towel yet. Why is that? The solution is in something called converging evidence. Researchers seldom do a single study. If I want to test the hypothesis that violent video games increase aggression, I can't run a single experiment and call it a day. Maybe I run a half dozen experiments, and some correlational studies, and some longitudinal studies. Each of these studies will be flawed in its own unique way. However, different studies will have different strengths and different weaknesses, and many of these will overlap with one another. Additionally, other researchers will run studies of their own, and I can compare the findings of my own flawed studies to their flawed studies. In general, if the conclusions of different methodologies all converge on the same answer, we can be pretty confident in the results, even if the conclusion came from studies that were, in and of themselves, flawed. We would do well to apply this lesson every time we criticize a piece of research. Of course, we should be skeptical and challenge the conclusions of studies, especially when they've got a lot of really obvious flaws. However, finding a flaw in a study is not enough to warrant saying, well, my job's done, that study's crap. At very least, you need to provide an alternative explanation and some additional data before you can just write off a study's findings. After all, a single study with a lot of flaws isn't very convincing, but it's a lot more convincing than no data at all. The take-home message is this. If you really want to be a critical consumer of research, you have to do more than just poke holes in a study you don't like. You need to ask what the literature as a whole says. A single flawed study may be easy to tear apart, but if its conclusions agree with 500 other studies on the same subject, you're going to have an uphill battle trying to argue against its conclusions. And ultimately, if you disagree with the study's conclusions, the onus is upon you to find additional studies or run additional studies of your own to challenge these findings. Science isn't done in an armchair by poking holes in someone else's work and calling it a day. It's a process of creation, designing better studies and gathering more data to test your hypothesis, not just critiquing what others have done. If you're going to be a sideline critic, that's fine, but don't be surprised if a researcher tells you to leave the science to the scientists. This has been a quick look at the critiquing of scientific research. I'm Dr. Nuka, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Get Psyched. And welcome back again. Thank you so much for sticking around where we bore you with um, the mailbag. Just kidding. That wasn't boring. All right. We've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. You know, that still gets me excited. I bet. Even even to this day. Why? Because we have listener mail. I love listener mail. I, you know, That's I great. Like is that we don't have to beg for it as much. Like we still ask, but everyone is pretty good about sending mail, right? <laughs> like, like normally people don't. Unless, of course, it's on, uh, on you know, different topics. That never mind. So <laughs> we have promised it for a while, but here's dark, dark one. I hope I said it right. I never get it right. He says. This isn't in relation to the current show topic, but a couple of recent episodes have helped me to realize that part 
the part that porn has played in me discovering who I am regarding my sexual identity. Porn, specifically gay furry comics, has helped me discover that I'm a bicycle. And he actually wrote the word bicycle. I'm very proud of him. <laughs> Before this awakening, I couldn't picture myself in any relationship with another man, partially due to me not even knowing what that would be like. I had for some time then known that I could be attracted to both sexes, but I knew I would only be able to intimate with a girl. The traditional family was the only one I'd ever known or exposed to, but comics have changed that. If I may mention a few in particular, G by Finders Keepers follows a guy as he finds out his most recent girlfriend was cheating on him, and now his gay roommate for years has always been there for him. Turns out he actually thought he was cute, and they make a pretty nice couple, although reluctantly at first. It helped me come to terms with being able to imagine a gay romantic relationship, even if it starts out as just roommates. Does that ever happen in real life? Another good example of this is Hidden Springs by Bastion slash Seraph. It showed me it's how it's okay to be more open about your sexuality. How, if you're always being closed off, you'll never appreciate what could be the best relationship you could ever have. I loaded the line, so you've never taken anything under that spotty tail of yours? I mean, besides the sick you seem to have lodged up there? It's hard for me, as a person suffering from social anxiety, to ever find a mate. But once I get my life together, I do eventually want to try. There are some other honorable mentions, such as Weekend by Zeta Haru and Roommates by Spelunker Sal, but this email's getting long enough. Thanks for listening, and always providing great show topics. Until your next show... Darkwan, the species pending. I love that his icon is the unidentified ghost from Pokemon. <laughs> I think it's great. So I would have to say that, yes, that does happen as far as, um, you know, roommates getting together um, and finding out that they are compatible with each other. Isn't that how you, isn't that how you found your second? Um, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't how I found mine. But I know that it does happen within the um, the community. Um, overall, though, I tend to not do things with um, with people that I live with um, because it tends to, it can create problems. Um, so I would be careful with that and definitely, you know, think about it. Think Think about it with your head instead of just your dick. Because it may have enough blood for one head. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? I think you're dead on. Just be careful. Just, just be yourself. Yeah, be careful. Be yourself. Get tested. Yeah. Yep. Well, you've you've had some um, in the past. I know that you've had some relationships with roommates. Maybe you could speak on it a little bit further. Well, there's a difference between like kind of crushing and then like I love you. There's a difference. So, really, I think what it is, is everyone struggles with this. Everyone struggles with this. Even the people who tell you you're struggling with this struggle with it, meaning the therapist. Which is, no matter what you do, just be honest and talk about it. It's not an easy conversation to have. But it's a good conversation to have. It's a healthy conversation to have. Because if you're not communicating, then things will not go correctly. And it may feel it may feel you might feel shame you might feel fine with it you might feel something else but if you're not communicating you're not doing it right it's better to be an open book and to just be open and honest about things because then that way you, you can quickly find out who's you know who's going to be your friend and who's not going to be your friend and and you're not going to make up a prism of bullshit Exactly. That's how that's how people build up walls around themselves and don't realize it. One 
one alteration at a time to fit in someone else's mold is the how you build a prison. You know, I'll be honest, that's one of my biggest weaknesses uh, myself, and I know it, is that I'm a people pleaser. I try to do what I can to to please um, please the other party and and have the have them hear what they want to hear. And I need to not do that because it's not helping me at all. How how much anxiety do you get from that? I get a lot. Do you feel like you have to keep track of? Is it like like you have a little mental rolodex of like, okay, wait, what am I doing here? Like you have to find it. What do you mean? Like, like I don't lie to people. No, no, I know, but like you have to remember, like, oh, this person doesn't like this thing I do, so I have to not do this thing. But this person is okay with it. So it like, drives me nuts. You can't just be consistent. It drives me absolutely nuts. So it's it's difficult because you, you know, in order to be able to appease everybody, you have to know how to act. But then you find yourself putting on all these different masks to be able to be the person that they want you to be. And it's just not healthy. It's it's bad. It's it's difficult. So um, as far as with uh, maybe that's more of a uh, information than what you wanted and probably went off on a tangent. But, um, you know, I would just be careful um, with having a relationship with um, your roommate. Um, but communicate. Yep. You know, if you have feelings for Boundaries them. Boundaries matter. Yeah, definitely. Boundaries matter. The next email we have is from Enoji. He says, hello for what it's worth. Um, after a, a year of not listening in, <gasps> I finally returned. Well, thank you. Don't leave next time, okay? There's no next time. Anyway, after hearing another topic, um, he had some questions. Now, I, he sent this right after we recorded for Boozy's episode, so I'm going to jump to his last question, which is, what other fandom would you most recommend to an open-minded young adult? I'm interested in looking into new cultures and want to hear what you have to say. Thanks for reading my email, Enoji. So, what fandoms do you tourist, Rue? Do you tourist other fandoms? Right now you're touristing the BDSM fandom. <laughs> what? Well, no, it is true. I, are, you I'm, get, are you getting into that? I'm not really into it, though. I'm definitely going to... You gonna, okay, so disappointed. Okay. You're like, I'm not really into it. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, I'm going to break it for you guys. So, tonight... I'm going to be going to um, a... Wait, B- wait, wait. Are you making an announcement? A BDSM party. No, it's not an announcement. <gasps> and... <gasps> ah, I know it's shocking, right? Oh, my God. And I am just super worried because, you know, it's not furry related. Um, the people there are just... I don't know. It's just I'm really concerned about things. But I'm going with some friends. And the reason why that I'm going to it is because I want to kind of... I don't know. I want to educate myself. That's more or less why I'm doing it. No. No, that's not the reason. <laughs> okay. So, there you go. Well, do you want follow-up questions? Not that go on the air. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I, the last email is also one that came in just a little late for Boozy, but that's okay. It is from D. He says, Dear Rue and Tugs, Boozy protests that he's only touristing for it, but I think he loves us. Why shouldn't he? We're such adorable critters, and we love him too. In the game, one question that stumped Boozy was the name of the first furry. 
I was surprised by the answer myself. Robin Hood? How was the possibly apocryphal late medieval folktale hero a furry? I had to Google it to see what it meant. Oh, of course, Robin from Disney's Robin Hood. What I thought the question meant was, who was the first furry fan? That would be harder to track down. But see, now this is where we're going to furry prime. But I'd like to nominate Mark Merlino, the chair and co-founder of Conference. Born in 56, he and his roommate, Rod O'Reilly, chronicle their lives and roots of furry in their podcast, Two Old Furry Fans. More even than most of the first furries, Merlino saw and lived through the beginnings of furry. If anybody should be called the first furry fan, it should be Merlino. But if you won't do, I have two other suggestions. Best wishes always, D. I actually agree, and I told Boozy that off the air. I think uh, Mark Merlino does the Prancing Skill Tire events. Mm-hmm. Eh, some people don't like them. They think they're silly. Some people love them. But they're still reasonably well attended. And they're the oldest documented events I can find that are furry-based, like 30-odd years now. So That's I, amazing. I, I think D's got it. You think? I think, yeah, no, I think these guys are free prime. And what kills me, what kills me is that I had an opportunity to interview them. And you? And I couldn't. Darn it. I would love to interview them. Maybe maybe in season seven. Who knows? Hey, maybe if some of our listeners has contacts. No, I can reach out <laughs> to them. I just, I, I want, that's an interview because I think it's a special one that I would not do remote. I would travel for it. So, if you'd like to send for what it's worth down to Southern California, go to patreon.com slash FWIW and give us your monies. And now you're going to have them pay for our trips. There actually is an item on our Patreon that says, uh, fly us all to a con together. Oh, that would be awesome. Right? But hey, you know, as far as with the patron, I do want to say, I, I know that that's something that we've introduced this season. But let me tell you, it's changed the podcast so much already. For and the good or for the bad? For the good. Well, you know, they, we've we've yeah. been able to do so much with it. And um, a lot of things that we've been able to update that, you know, we never dreamed that we would have been able to do. So, yeah. Oh, there's another email I forgot. He says, hello, Rue, Tugs, and Koru. I listened to your live episode about fitting in. Hey. And I thought I'd share my story. I've been tuning in for about a year now and have never written to a podcast before. For my fursona, I'm a northern circle with black fur on my black and white fur. Wait, black fur on my black and white fur on my chest. I don't know how to read that. Uh, with hints of blue on the hands and feet. Okay, I get it now. Any whore. Yes. On to my story. I found the fandom in eighth grade while searching around YouTube and stumbled upon Califer 2014 fursuit games video and spent most of my weekend watching him. When freshman year started, I had created a fursona, and by the end, I had a group of five furries that were my friends, other than my friends who played guitar and listened to metal. Sophomore year was when I started to question who I was and will be. I wasn't bullied and all, but who'd want to do it to a six foot seven, well built male? Let me tell you about that, because I'm a six foot seven, well built male. Any whore, it was when I saw the wonderful art of Cywolf, I realized I was gay. Now I can move into the junior year with a better understanding of myself and how I fit in. Yours truly, Anonymous. P.S. There should be a segment called, What Has Rue Broken In Now? (laughs) Well, you know, I just shared, you know, my first segment piece. There you go. Here's a picture of my fursona. Oh, I see. It's, it's It's a cool circle. So, wait. Have you broken in your car? Broken in? What do you mean? Come on, man. Okay, yes. Yes, I've broken in my car. You have broken in your car. 
Oh, broken innocent having sex in oh it. Oh my god, you're not good at subtle today. No. 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 Have you broken in your apartment? No. I want everyone to know that they don't know where the either of these places are, so this is I think this is okay. Rue has moved away from where he used to live and is now two blocks from hot tubs. You are two blocks away from the Lady Jizz pool. I just want you to know. Hey. And you know why you live there? Because you're worth it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Look, look. Some people are into that. I'm fine with that. I'm just, you know what I'm imagining? I'm imagining that like a bunch of like lesbians are in this pool having a good time. Some people don't know what you're talking about. So explain. Rue has fun times in this community hot tub that people rent by the hour. An hourly hot tub. That's like an hourly hotel. Yeah, it's an hourly hot tub. You're right. But but do you get what I'm saying? Like an hourly hotel. What kinds of people go in and out of this hot tub place? I have a little group of people. That no, go no, to I don't it. care about your group. I care about the other people. You certainly see other patrons at this place. They Is use it like, chlorine. They drain the tubs. They don't drain and them. And refill it. They do. Wait. What kind of people are going in and out of the building? Is it like 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 ladies of the night? No. Actually, I hardly ever see anybody there. Except me and the person that... Is the exit separate from the entrance? No, it's the same one. I'm going to go sit there outside the door one day and see if what kinds of people go in and out. Because I want to know. Like, It had never occurred to me till you shared this hot tub thing that like there was hot tubs by the hour. Like most people just get a hotel. I think that you should go. I'm not going to put any molecule of my being in that. <laughs> Look, it's different when I go to a hotel because like no one's doing it in that hot tub very much. I'm trying to find a private pool because that would be amazing. I'm all <laughs> Look, I'm not I'm with you, okay? I I think doing it in a pool or a hot tub, yeah, that's pretty good stuff. I'm I'm 125% with you on this. I just don't want that to be someone else's hot tub. I want to know who's been in that tub. I want a pretty good idea. And if it's John Q. Public, I have no idea. But I I don't think draining it and putting chlorine in it is going to get rid of all the things that could visit and be my friend. You may be surprised. No. Also, it's kind of weird that when I drive by, the window's like all like half steamy. And like, I just, I'm waiting for Jack's hand to come up in the window and like run down like Titanic. I'll tell you what. Do you want me to get like a... Uh, a jar of it and we'll no i don't want to be near the no (laughs) then the water is radioactive and the jar is radio no no well i don't see any extra hands growing out and would you drink the water would you put it in your mouth and swish it around it's gone in my mouth at some point in time i (laughs) i'm done i'm done Um, Uh. oh my god i feel sick why do you feel sick? Ugh. Why why are you judging me so hard? I'm on imagining this? you drinking water with like five guys you don't know having left their bodily fluids in there. That to me is just a little too much. I I We are really pushing this line. Yeah, we are. I'm a safe person, you know. I go and get tested all the time. It's the act of putting someone's jizz water in your mouth, I think, that I have the problem with. It's not something that I, I get like tested all the time, too. purposely do. 
Oh, I have to put this in my mouth. <laughs> oh, like I'm laughing in the water like an underwear. Oh my god, just will you go one time and just take a random cucumber? It's fun will you? to go with some people. I love hot and tubbing. Sit down and talk to people. I love it. But get your own private hot tub that the world isn't using and I'm there. That's what I want. <laughs> the difference is the number of people getting in this tub. Yeah, well, I have about a group of 20 people that that go. Great, but it's not your it's not it, it's not a room that no one goes into but you and 20 people. And the water ran. You know, I wonder how many people have shut off the podcast now. I I don't know, but we should probably uh, do housekeeping, huh? Oh. All right, let's do that. Have you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. I don't even have the show notes up. I got. I want to thank Koru. Koru for coming and joining us on the show today. And Koru for doing all of his amazing sound things. I also want to thank Mr. Firebreath for announcing things and saying things and being amazing. And telling everyone that you stink. Oh. Remember the beginning? I'm done I, now. I remember. You remember? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We also are on the social medias. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Google Pies. <laughs> what? Yeah. What's Google Pies? It's a pie service from Google. They deliver pies to your door <sighs> based on your interests. So like you cut it and then like a little ad will pop up. Um, we also want to uh, let you guys know about our Telegram chat. Yay! Telegram. I love Telegram. Telegram's amazing. Yes. Now it has been ruined. If you would like to get into Telegram, shoot us a line on Twitter and we will invite you to the chat. Or you can send me... Or- a message at at WineRedFox, and I will add you to the chat. Yeah. Or you can message Tugsy, but uh, I don't know if he wants to give that out. Well, my account's locked, so just do it through the show chat. Okay. Or the show Twitter. Anyway, yeah, we did have another minor get in, so we removed the link from our site. Sorry. If you're underage, we get it. But like Boozy said, the law doesn't care. Yep. Um, so we also have another big little um, news that's going to make um, some changes to the yes. podcast. We are opening our second studio soon. I'm going to be moving out of Utah. So Rue and I have talked about this at great, 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 great length and agonized over what to do about it because the feel of the show is something we care about a lot. And from what we understand, you care about it a lot. So messing that up is something that we just don't want to do. So we have we have worked really hard to try and find solutions to make sure that the show can hold on to its fill while Rue and I are not physically in the same room. And assuming that net neutrality it doesn't die, we should have something that works, which is a magic combination of good hardware, webcams and other things because there's a lot of things that you won't see that we're doing like you Rue and I will gesture to each other and stuff to keep things moving and without that it'd feel weird so that is what we are going to be using some of our patron funds for is that we need to be able to get a second studio so that um, Tugs can be recording on his end and I can be recording on my end as well 
so that we can, and he can have some guests where he's located and I can have some guests where, where I'm located. Yep. But you, the show should continue on. And in fact, it'll probably get better because we'll have more access to more things. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. We're with you. We care a lot about the show. And he and I have both had sleepless nights about this. But I think we've got a good working plan. So join us when Season 7 starts. We will be under a split studio. But that's okay. I think it'll be good. And and please let us know in the comments or shoot us a message on how you feel like that that has been going. Um, give us some feedback. We would appreciate that. So. Yep. And lastly, as always, comment on the show site because then it looks like people listen to the show. And comment on Twitter so that, you know, we can boost it just a little bit more. Yep. And tell a friend about the show. If you like us, tell someone because why not? Share the love. Um, also on Facebook, if you want to, you can you can quote at for what it's worth when you're commenting to somebody and it can link them directly to our page or, you know, share our website to them. But... All right, Rue, what's the next episode? So, uh, the next one is men. (laughs) Men, glorious men. Just kidding. Just kidding. We're going to be talking about lifestylers. We're going to be talking about, we've actually talked about that before, but we're going to revisit the topic of what a furry lifestyler is. Yep. We've referenced that old episode quite a bit, and I realized it. It's probably time to visit it again. It's from season two. So we will be doing that as our last normal episode of season six. So send your emails now quickly. Are you a lifestyler? What is a lifestyler? Are you not a lifestyler? Then also, please start sending in your favorite moments of the season. Because like I said, I'm moving. I'm going to need a little extra time to cut up the audio so that we can play everyone's favorite moments. So let us know what your favorite moments and episodes were. And we will get our season finale put together. And that will be after the lifestyler revisit this has been rue this is tugs holler (laughs) (laughs) and this has been for For what what it's it's worth. worth